I don't know if it's gotten into our consciousness that you're not allowed. I think that it's just that other things take a priority and we put ourselves, <clears throat> excuse me, on the back burner. And it's okay to do that once in a while. But if you keep doing it, then there's no relationship to come back to. If you and your spouse found $1,000, how would you spend it to improve your marriage? Dr. Karen Sherman answers that question and many more on how to fix your marriage. Stay tuned. When you were dating and wanted to woo your spouse, I'm guessing the menu consisted of a romantic dinner and a bottle of wine. Let us deliver that to you monthly. The Hitched Wine Club is your regular reminder to slow down and reconnect and have fun. We have an amazing special going on right now. And our wine club partner, Touring and Tasting, works directly with hundreds of wineries to get amazing deals and wines that you can't get anywhere else. It's like joining over 300 wine clubs in one. Shipping is free. There are no membership fees. You're only paying for the delicious wine that's sent. You can cancel at any time. And each bottle is 100% guaranteed. Plus, each shipment includes exclusive date night ideas from the Hitched Editors. Everyone likes getting a present in the mail. So go to hitchedmag.com, click the Wine Club link, and join today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of hitchedmag.com. I am joined once again with the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. So for those tuning in for the first time, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. She is an author. Uh, she is a and an amazing contributor to Hitched and uh, obviously a regular to the Hitched podcast. And we, we usually go through uh, singular topics, uh, points of dispute, um, points of improvement on your marriage – and I thought I would take a, a a a little bit more meta approach to this whole let's talk about marriage thing this week at least. Um, so I wanted to talk about how we can fix marriage, Karen. Um, so most people probably don't know this, but the divorce rate in the United States has actually been dropping every mm. year or at least consistently since the late 1970s. Mm-hmm. Um However, you know, saying that, we, I don't want to give us a pat on the back just yet because the divorce rate is still very high. Mm-hmm. So why do you think our divorce rate is still high? I think it's for a number of reasons. I think that probably the biggest reason is that people marry for love um, or what they think is love and either – you know, it's it's more those original feelings that feel so good, and then those fade away, and then they don't realize what marriage really involves. Um, they have wrong expectations, um, you know, and then and then you have um, life that gets in the way, and people don't know how to really attend to their relationship, and so then they get the feelings of disconnection that we speak about all the time. Um, and they don't they don't know what to do in order to, you know, really make their marriages thrive. Okay. Now you the uh, the very first thing that you mentioned, I actually think is a little surprising. 
that they that people now marry for love. So if that's the reason that people are marrying or what they think to be love, right? Mm-hmm. Uh is you know, we know other cultures have arranged marriages which is built on a more pragmatic sense of stability within families type stuff. Um do you think because we go into this with the eye on love being the most important thing as opposed to all these other things that uh, would make your life easier? Do you think, do you think that, is that, was that what you're talking about? Yeah, I think that we do. We have this romantic notion um, that really drives us into making a commitment with somebody and that we don't realize that there's really a lot more involved in a long-term commitment. It's not just those you know, loving feelings that you have initially. Yeah. You know, to that point, I, I think, you know, I, I mentioned that the divorce rates have been dropping consistently. I think part of that is when you start looking at the data a little bit, uh, there are particular segments where divorce rates are exponentially higher than other segments of the population and demographic. Mm -hmm. And we know just in general, people are getting married later in life than they were decades ago. Um, But we also know that people who, uh, the the higher, basically the the more education you have, the less likely it is that you will get divorced. Right. And I think that plays into that notion that you're talking about of stability, you know, marrying for love. And that's not to say that people who (laughs) get uh, a lot of education don't also find that amount of love, but they, by getting all that education, they've taken away some of those bumpy roads um, that somebody that doesn't have some of those opportunities uh, otherwise wouldn't have, you know, those people wouldn't have. Well, I think also that, you know, the younger we are, the less experienced we are, Um, And so you have all those wonderful feelings in the beginning and you say, you know, but I love this person. So obviously, you know, we want to spend a lifetime together and you don't have the knowledge and awareness of when you're older and when you're educated of knowing that there are so many other elements to having a relationship work, especially for the long term. So I think that's where getting married older and having more education plays into a lower divorce rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think I could I could talk about just this <laughs> one thing uh, for hours, but we I'm, I'm going to move on a little bit here. Okay. So uh, if you could implement a single law or a mandate of some sort that you believe would lower the divorce rate or improve at least marriage happiness, what would that be? It would be that everybody has to take a marital education course. Okay. Um, when, when I was still teaching, uh, I, I reduced my teaching uh, to a large extent. Um, I had the pleasure of giving a marital education course the last couple of years that I was there. And it was a real eye-opener to the students. And they said it was tremendously helpful because it really taught them a lot about what was involved in, you know, what it would take to be married long-term. And I think that if more people had that understanding, um, their marriages would fare much better. Mm. It's funny because you often hear 
people talk about how parents, some, you know, parents who they deem not very good parents <laughs> or having unruly children, that, that they, people should get a license to, before they can get kids or something, since we need a license to, to do all sorts of things like right. drive cars. Um, so I, I mean, you, you're not stipulate, you're not going that far, but the education thing uh, of under, you know, getting, understanding what it takes to have a successful marriage. Yes. Uh, yes. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, m- moving on. If you could force couples to do one thing or implement uh, one habit per week, what would that be and why? I think it would be the date night because I think it's really important that you have fun with each other and that you attend to each other. And so by having the date night, as long as you make sure that you know, you're not talking about the bills or the kids um, or, you know, things that are stressful, that it, it's making sure that you're fueling the relationship, that you're paying attention to the relationship, that you're paying attention to each other. So I would say that you, that would be the thing you have to do every week. I remember I was working with a couple years ago and, you know, we were doing good work as, as you know, marital therapy goes. Um, and they didn't have a lot of money. And I looked at them and I said, you know what? Next week, I want you to take the money that you would use for our therapy session. I want you to go out and have a good time with that money. And then they came back the following week and they said, thank you so much. We really needed that. That was really, really very helpful. I think it's very important to play, to have fun, to just get back you know, in touch with each other. Mm. I love that. And, and you know, for anybody who is tuning in for the first time, we have discussed date nights uh, ad nauseum <laughs> in past episodes. So if you are relatively new to the podcast, go back into the archives. Uh, we have talked about what constitutes a successful date night, what you should avoid uh, during date nights, as, as Karen alluded to. Don't bring up bills or chores or the kids. Because uh, I think a lot of times we we romanticize the dating aspect of relationships before marriage comes along. And we do that because it was so fun and everything was so new and everything was so exciting. Uh, and then for I don't know when or where or why or how it happened, but somewhere along the line, uh, it has gotten into our consciousness that once you get married – you're no longer allowed to have that kind of fun anymore. I don't know if it's gotten into our consciousness that you're not allowed. I think that it's just that other things take a priority and we put ourselves, <clears throat> excuse me, on the back burner. And it's okay to do that once in a while. But if you keep doing it, then there's no relationship to come back to. So I, I don't think it's that it just, we make that decision. I think we just sort of slide into that. Mm. Um, because, you know, okay, tonight we're going to get together. We're really going to have fun. And then Johnny comes down the stairs and says, oh, I forgot I've got a test tomorrow. You've got to help me. Okay, well, there goes date night tonight. So, okay, we'll do it tomorrow night. But tomorrow night one of the kids has 103 yeah. and you got to tend to, you know. So little by little you keep putting yourselves on a back burner. And then, you know, it goes on and on and on. And so that's why I'm saying – I think there's got to be a very conscientious effort 
to make the time for the two of you. Yeah. I think, you know, I'm glad you, I, I'm glad you said that because you're right. I think my language was off. I, I, I guess I feel like um, that kind of fun, once you get married, for most people becomes the exception, not the norm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, I agree with your reasoning that we kind of slide into it and that it's not the top priority for most things. But here we are talking about how to fix marriage. And one of the biggest things that you can think of is doing these regular date nights, yet it's so low on so many people's priority lists. Um, And I think a lot of times, and particularly parents – um, and I and I get it. I understand. You, you know, being a parent will exhaust all of your energy. Uh, but I think a lot of times parents will forget that you are teaching your children how to have a success, successful marriage Absolutely. through through your actions. So if they see you as two completely exhausted, miserable, or maybe not even miserable, but just lifeless individuals living together as opposed to two loving couples enjoying each other's company and going out and having fun and doing things that is what they are going to expect absolutely marriage will be for them right and so why would you get married That's and why good- would you get married or why would you expect <laughs> anything other than that when you get married right uh and and i think this is part of that conversation of uh we like we, you can you can have like I think rather than it having fun and going out on date nights being the exception, that should be the lifestyle. That should be the norm. Uh, not and, and so when Johnny has a temperature of 103, hopefully they are not bedridden for 15 years, right? right. Like <laughs> that should be when they get sick and so you'd miss your date night that week. That's correct. But that's- it shouldn't be every week of every month you have some excuse that's preventing you from doing things. And I've, I've actually um, spoken to people in the past who basically tell their kids like, look, if the house isn't on fire, do not interrupt us. That's right. Because we need this time. Mm -hmm. So if, if I don't want to hear you complain about so-and-so took such and such toy from the other person, like you guys need to learn how to deal with this stuff. And cause we need our time. Exactly. Because it's important. So yeah. Yeah, and as you said, it's a good role model, you know, to, for them to see that this is what marriage is about, yeah. that it's about mommy and daddy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you actually brought up uh, marriage education, which I'm really glad that you did because I, uh, you know, I, I come to this conversation with ready-to-go questions. And so we know that premarital counseling improves the stability of marriage, uh, lowers divorce rate for couples who uh, take premarital counseling – uh, or, uh, classes, they have, they are less likely to get divorced than people who don't. Um, but we have millions and millions and millions of couples for whom it's too late. They, they're, they're already married. They can't take those, uh, pre-marriage courses. Um, so if you were to go into the living room of these couples and you were to teach them, uh, one skill, Mm. what would that skill be? Wow, that's a hard one, Steve. I think if I had to teach, oh, one, huh? Just you get you get one skill, one. like the most bang for your buck. Okay, the most bang for my buck mm-hmm. is how to deal with your conflicts. I think that that's an overarching 
skill because then within that, there's... <laughs> I like it. Way to hedge it. Good. Because then within that, there's... In order to have conflicts and manage them properly, there are little pieces in that that are very significant, like that you handle your conflicts with respect, and respect is really important. Mm -hmm. That you don't attack each other. Um, that you express how you feel about something. So if I had one skill, it would be that one, but really because it's also subsuming a lot of other very, very significant skills for managing your relationship. Okay. So conflict resolution. I like it. And conflict uh, management. Conflict management. Okay. Conflict management. Because uh, that would be preventing it from even going down that uh, resolution path. Yes. And, and the other thing, of course, is that Dr. John Gottman, who is the leading researcher in love and marriage, found that when he gave couples uh, conflict situations, he could actually watch the way they handled it. And within 15 minutes, he could predict with 80% accuracy which couples would end up being divorced. Because it, it's that significant uh, a skill to know how to do it. And uh, so, I, I was just going to say, and it's important to know that uh, it's it's normal, it's expected that couples will have conflict and disagreements. Oh, it's you know, course. there's no such thing as happily ever after. We'll never have a fight. Oh, of course. Um, as a matter of fact, and I'll I'll be very honest. My husband and I never used to fight. Um, and then what I realize about other couples and my husband and myself is that that usually is a red flag when you say we never argue or we never fight because it's usually indicative of some kind of apprehension. Um, as it turned out, I came from a very dysfunctional home where there was horrible fighting, so I was afraid of it. And for his own reasons, based on his family, he was afraid to fight. But that wasn't very good because you don't really get to what's upsetting you. You're two different people and you're going to have differences. But then it's a matter of how you discuss those differences. And if you do it properly, it actually brings you closer together. Um, you have a program i'm going to give you a, a shameless plug here <laughs> from you. fight to foreplay is yeah. it conflict management conflict resolution con uh, both it's both um the program drills down really deeply because it talks about not only how you manage conflicts but it also deals with people who have issues that are from their past because very often without us even realizing it there are issues that um, are from our past, but then get triggered by our present-day partner. And it looks like it's something that's really set off by your partner, but it's really because it has triggered something from our past. So the program even goes into how to handle those uh, conflicts that come up. It, it really is a very, very in-depth program. It's not just a surface, um, you know, when your partner says this, say, oh, I hear you, you yeah. know, that kind of stuff. So I'm very proud of that program. Yeah, and if for those listening, you can find that at fromfighttoforeplay.com, all spelled out. Um, okay, so let's wrap this up. One final thing. We're going to fix marriage today, <laughs> and we're going to play this like hypothetical uh, little wish 
thing here. Let's say that a couple stumbles onto Mm $1,000. How would you recommend that they spend that money in a way that would boost their marital happiness? And I want to preface this by saying that I realize that it would be different because different couples will have different needs. Um, But again, trying to reach the masses here, uh, what would your recommendation be to spend $1,000 to boost marital happiness? Wow. Well, my first thought is to find, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to get to a different subject, but I, I sort of feel like I have to address this. So I'm, I'm going to, I'll come back to your question in a moment. Okay. My, my first thing would be to, to see a really good marriage therapist. And this is what I want to address. Okay. And I understand that for a thousand dollars for a lot of people, that's not going to do it for them. Um, but I want to address this fact. A lot of people go to therapists and make sure that you're going to a therapist who's in fact a marriage therapist because there's a big difference between someone who does individual work and who does marital counseling. Those are two different types of therapy. So when you call somebody, make sure that you ask, do you do marital therapy? The second thing is many therapists, and this is I want to say that this is my bias, so I'm saying that right up front. Many therapists have the opinion that if you're not happy, you have one life, you deserve to be happy. So, you know, if you're not happy, and this is a marriage therapist, let's talk about the two of you ending amicably. Um, And then there's a bunch of us who believe that just because you say you're unhappy doesn't mean your feelings cannot be revitalized. And let's work really hard on bringing your marriage back. So you might want to try to find somebody like that, you know, not somebody who's going to just immediately say, okay, you're not happy, get out. <laughs> so, you know, um, so just a word to the wise that do, do a little shopping, okay? Um, but a lot of people can't afford therapy or feel like, you know, that's not the route they want to take. So there are any number of programs that are available. There are books to read. Um, and there's just a plethora of information that are available through HitchMag. There are all sorts of resources. Um, there, there's a, a site called smartmarriages.com that has a huge amount of programs that are advertised there. There are There's lots and lots of information that is available if somebody wants to get a hold of it. Uh, probably you'd have to do a little research about the resources to see if it matches your style, but um, you know it doesn't take long to look up resources these days on Google, um, and so uh, see what fits, see what feels right to you. I love that I give you a thousand dollars and you spend it on knowledge. That is fan. That is, I was not expecting that to be totally honest. And you totally went the give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach a man to fish, and you feed him for a lifetime type of a response. I love it. Where were you? Where did you think I I don't know. I thought maybe you might say go take a vacation or pay down pay down your bills that are causing marital strife and offering up some sort of financial stability or I don't know. I I I was actually this is the one I was most curious that of of how you would answer. Ah, okay. Okay. I was I, I, I was I was I definitely was leaning toward take a vacation because Americans just in general 
you know, take the least amount of vacation of like <laughs> any first world country in the on the uh, planet. Well, I think vacations are nice, but first of all, you know, again, I don't know how much a thousand dollars will buy you, yeah. and that's going to be short term relief. And then you come back and you still got the same problems. Exactly. You, you need to know what to do. Yeah. And you know, if you know what to do, you can have many mini vacations that feel you know very satisfying to you yeah that's why I, that's why i think your your answer was brilliant it okay. was i it was it was a brilliant answer thank you <laughs> i was i'm i'm i was i was i'm pleasantly surprised because it was not what i was expecting um but yeah so i wow that that was fantastic karen Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, now, please understand. I want everybody to understand. First, I'll make the joke, and then I'll say, "That's why you pay me the big bucks, Steve." That's I don't. Right. I don't get a dime for this podcast. That's right. <laughs> Which is why everybody needs to go to from fight to foreplay and get involved in that program, so that you know Karen gets a little more out of it. Thank you. <laughs> and I was going to say that it was funny because you were saying how we, uh, people can find a lot of this information on Hitchmag. That stuff is free too, so you don't even spend. You don't need to spend a cent of your thousand dollars on that as well. <laughs> um, well, that's going to do it for us this week, Karen. So thank you so much for your time. This was actually really fun. Yes, it was. Uh, so for those tuning in for the first time, I want to remind you that you have been listening to DrKarenSherman.com who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. Uh, she is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. As I mentioned, you can check out her program, From Fight to Foreplay, at fromfighttoforeplay.com, all spelled out. You can uh, also find her books and everything else on her website, drkarensherman.com. Uh, and you know, if you've been on to Hitched, you've seen the expert page that we have there. You will find uh, Karen's bio and links out to her stuff uh, on that page. Uh, so please check out hitchmag.com. And uh, you know, as always, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out there that if you are a regular listener and you haven't given us any feedback, uh, I, I I would really appreciate it if you give a little feedback so you can do that on stitcher you can do that on itunes uh you could just tweet it out to us or something uh we any any facet we we greatly appreciate it so i want to thank you in advance for uh, all you longtime listeners uh but until next week that's going to do it for us so one last time thank you so much karen and thank you steve all right take care everybody now we know